0: Who is the modern day hero? The politician? The activist? The superstar athlete? The nonprofit leader? For David Howitt, founder and CEO of the Merriweather Group and author of Heed Your Call, the answer is clear. The hero is the entrepreneur. The person willing to launch out into the unknown and face a myriad of challenges to bring the world the elixir of life, meaning the new idea, product, or resource that has the power to shape culture change lives and bring more good into the world. And he has good proof. Iconic brands like Airstream, Dave's Killer Bread, Pendleton Blankets, and local legends, Stumptown Coffee, Voodoo Donuts, Oregon Chai, and many more trust his guidance along the journey. In this episode of Roadcast, David breaks down the ancient story of the hero's journey and how he has designed it into a working roadmap for the entrepreneur and really anyone who feels the ache for more. That ache to leave what is familiar and to launch out into the unknown and bring something new into the world. We hope you'll find the same inspiration in the conversation we did as you listen to what is calling out to you. We good? Right on. Dude, I love it. We're here at the Meriwether Group with David Howitt. David, thanks for joining us on the ROADCAST. Thanks for having me. Dude, absolutely. We are super stoked to be here uh, maybe we just start with people that don't know a little bit about your story and okay. the Merriweather group. Maybe let's just orient them to the kind of work that you've done in the past and what you're doing now and perfect. people get a sense.
1: Yeah, perfect. First, thanks for coming over. This is incredibly <laughs> rad. Airstream longtime client and a partner oh, yeah. of ours. Um, shout out to Molly, their CMO, who's a great friend. Um, yeah, so my journey, you know, quickly, I grew up in Michigan um, and I uh, went to a little liberal arts college in Ohio and Denison University and decided I was going to go to law school. Um, and I wanted to try to combine the study of law with something I'm passionate about. Uh, so I love the environment, natural resources. I love the outdoors, fishing, hiking, biking, skiing. And uh, so Lewis and Clark Northwestern School of Law okay. has a great program. And so kind of brought me out to Portland. And on my way out here, I met uh, Heather in Telluride, Colorado. Heather became um, my girlfriend and now my wife, and um, we posted up. And as a student in law school, um, we started a little business called Oregon Chai. Yeah, <laughs> it was really Heather's creative. Um, what year was this? So this would have been about 1994. Awesome. So um, this would have you know it was really Heather's creative brilliance. You know, she mm-hmm. um, had been in India and had traditional chai, and came back to Portland and saw Starbucks start to create a change in the way the consumer yeah. approached coffee, but tea was still a mug of hot water and a bag of you know Earl Grey. And so she really wanted to disrupt that and um, build an authentic chai brand. And so it was one of the first certified organic and certified fair trade businesses mm. before that was common. And um, the tagline Heather came up with was Nirvana in a cup. And um, her thesis was, if a consumer in Iowa who might never leave her hometown, let alone go to the Himalaya, if just for a second, when she takes that mug of Oregon chai up to her mouth, she can be transported to base camp. Then, you know, we've done our job. So I sort of helped on the business side, and and Heather and her mom and and uh, a few other early founders um, worked on the brand side and. We took a, a little company from our kitchen to a business that did uh, over 40 million in revenue. Awesome. Um, really profitable, really focused on creating an experience, not just selling stuff. Yeah, I also spent eight years at Adidas, or Adidas, depending on where <laughs> you're from, in two different executive roles there. Can
0: we settle that? Or is that, I mean, is you know, it's, a...
1: it, it? I wish I could, um, no, if you're from Europe, it's Adidas. If you're from the States, it's Adidas. The name of the company is based on a, a guy, Adi Dossler. Ah. And so Adi was the founder originally. And it's a cool story. He, um, he took a pair of, um, uh, of shoes that he made in their family kind of boot company. And he put some tacks through the bottom to make the first pair of actual track spikes. Huh. And he gave those track spikes to Jesse Owens, who oh, yeah. ran in them and won, uh, but during a particularly hostile period of time in, yeah. uh, in the world. So, um, yeah, so just that experience with Oregon Chai, with Adidas, my law background, is what led to kind of the, the formation of the Merriweather Group. It's been 17 years. Awesome. And um, yeah, we, we, we believe that the modern day hero is the entrepreneur. Mm. We don't really see the modern day hero as the politician or even the NGO mm. anymore. We think that, you know, entrepreneurs have the ability and we'd say responsibility to change the world. You know, they can build culture, they can employ people, they can put amazing new products into the market that solve problems for the consumer. Mm-hmm. So we're in service to that hero and we do it really in two ways. We have a consulting practice but it's different than, you know, Bain or McKinsey. Um, we don't we don't build white papers that people don't have time to read, mm-hmm. let alone implement. We we're operators. You mm-hmm. know, there's a team of twelve of us. We lock arms with our clients and we help define the opportunities and challenges, and then we actually go do the work with it. Yeah. And the second thing we do is a differentiated approach to investment banking. So when you've checked the boxes and you're ready, we can help you to either sell your company outright or bring in significant growth capital um, and or take some shuckles off the table.
0: Gotcha. Uh, that makes me think of something. And I know. So for those that don't know, you wrote a book called Heed Your Call. And I want to kind of focus in maybe initially. I had a thought, but let's go here since you kind of brought it up. This idea of the hero, because we can kind of go, oh, hero, like a modern day hero. Isn't right. that neat? Like a hero, like Superman or something like that. But I know that that's a dense term that you're using. Yeah that has to be unpacked. I wonder if you could just unpack a little bit about when you say hero, what do you say? Yeah, I really appreciate that question
1: actually. Yeah. So fundamental to our work here um, is, is Joseph Campbell's, uh, his work on mythology Mm -hmm. and in really taking mythology and applying it to the world we live in now. So one of the books that Campbell wrote was the hero with a thousand faces and effectively what he said is, There is one myth that's been central to every single society, all through history. Doesn't matter what your spiritual religious background is. Doesn't matter if you were an Inuit Eskimo or an Aboriginal Australian. This myth existed in your culture. And uh, that's the hero's journey. And it's the basis for the Wizard of Oz, Star Wars, Avatar, and the list goes on. It's a monomyth. It's a real um, important story that can really help us move through our lives. Mm-hmm. So th- the concept is basically that we are all our own heroes. Um, but in order to discover your sort of inner hero, you have to be willing to leave your known world mm-hmm. to take your journey. So let's use Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz because I think it, it is a good example. So Dorothy you know, the movie starts. She's in Nebraska, effectively in the middle of nowhere on a dirt farm. You know, that's her known world. We all have our known worlds. Mine was East Grand Rapids, Michigan, where we're born, the coaches and teachers we know, our family. Um, It's not that it's bad. It's just that is a limiting factor. Mm -hmm. Each one of us has this call, right, inside of us to step out of our known worlds and take our journey. Now, some people don't. And there are myths written about that. You know, uh, death of a salesman is an example of that. They typically don't end well. But for those of us who step out of our known world, Campbell refers to that as crossing the threshold. So Dorothy is lifted out of Kansas by a tornado and boom, she's on her journey. She's in Oz. The first thing people experience when they leave their known world is a lot of euphoria I did it. I left Grand Rapids. I'm living in Portland, Oregon. Look at that mountain. Look at these rivers. These people are so chill and different. Wow, I'm on my path. That's almost always pretty short-lived. And then there's this abyss, right? This moment where the witch uh, in a puff of smoke appears and says, I'm going to get you, you know? (laughs) And Dorothy's a little girl from Kansas with a dog in a basket. She's not equipped Mm -hmm. to fight a witch. So then you you do what you have to do. You start walking your path, right? And so for Dorothy, it's literally a path. It's the yellow brick road. And along the yellow brick road, she meets her mentors and guides. The Tin Man, the Scarecrow, the Lion. And they're there to help her on her journey. Mm -hmm. It's her journey. They can't take it for her, but they can help her to discover key attributes about herself. Mm -hmm. If you remember, you know, the Tin Man was about brains or intellect. You know, the Lion's about courage and uh, the scarecrow is about or sorry the scarecrow's brains and the tin man's heart that's right right mm-hmm. so um for all of us you know we step on our journey and our path and and we hope to meet our mentors and guides and they're there to help us uh to learn about ourselves and then you know we we hopefully in this life reach what joseph campbell recalls or calls our defining moment so for dorothy she thought her defining moment was going to be going to see the great and all-powerful right. wizard. Mm-hmm. One thing, for your listeners, <laughs> there never is a great and all-powerful wizard, ever. Mm. Um, so, you know, she gets there, she finds out there isn't this wizard that's gonna sort of save her, and one of her other mentors, Glinda, says, silly girl, all you had to do is click your heels together three times. You're the hero of your own journey. You've mm-hmm. always had the power. The power is yours. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know it. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the purpose of the journey is that it enables us to get closer to our truth, to our authentic selves. So, in an entrepreneurial world, you know, it may be that you're stuck in the known world, your shit job, or the place you hate working, or the career path that someone else told you you needed to take. You know, I went and became a lawyer and ended up at a big law firm because I thought that's what I was supposed to do until I realized I'm not happy. This isn't what I want to do. And so I had to step out of that known world, deal with the abyss, and go find another path. So we meet entrepreneurs on their journey, right? And we try to be the scarecrow and the tin man (laughs) and the lion for them. Yeah, yeah. And we've had the great fortune of doing that with folks like Dave Dahl from Dave's Killer Breads Mm. and Dwayne from Stumptown and Cat Daddy and Trace from Voodoo Donuts and, you know, Lenny from Handles and... You know, it's, it's amazingly rewarding, and I'm just incredibly grateful to do this work. Yeah. And here, you know, you guys are in an Airstream, so I think you'll appreciate this. So this was a collaboration oh, we put hilarious. together between Full, sea, full Sail Ale uh, out in Hood River and Airstream. So they did the Full Sail Airstream IPA, um, which is an unfiltered IPA. Um, that Airstream was involved in the tasting process yeah. and uh, you know, they've got some Oh, we gotta get Morgan some of that, chai. that's
0: so good. Yeah, there's the classic, with that classic purple and yellow.
1: Yeah, and uh, Dave's Killer Breads, Little Big Burger, Voodoo Donuts.
0: Oh, Little Big Burger, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: we helped them to grow and then sell. Um, and then you see um, two companies we've worked with, Rogue and Pendleton. We yeah. did uh, a collaboration between those. So they, they did a Pendleton Ale and um, we also did an Airstream Pendleton edition. So it's Airstreams made by Pendleton inside, all of their oh, home decor, yeah. which was very That's successful. That's super cool. This is my wife's new company, Taiwala, which is a lot like Oregon chai in terms of the business model, mm-hmm. but it is a Thai tea as opposed to Indian. This is a Pendleton Voodoo Donuts limited edition <laughs> oh, blanket. Oh, come on. So if you think about bringing like two unlikely brands, I mean, Pendleton, Pendleton is a pretty conservative. We gotta hold this up. Yeah, pretty conservative company, um, you know, uh, but we, you know, we, we made their blankets with the Voodoo Donuts. You know, the magic is in the hole and, uh, you know, all of their icons and little donuts. And then down here, we've got a, you know, the Pendleton logo and then the limited edition. Uh, this is number 76 out of 250. So, so talk
0: about these collaborations, like Airstream and Pendleton, yeah. Voodoo. Well, like, what's it's some of the-
1: one of the things we do, you know, we love bringing together the power of of different brands and mm-hmm. instead of surprising and delighting the consumer um, where you know they might not expect two different brands to show up but then when they when they see it they're like wow that's really cool um you know i think it's just a, an interesting way to bring different brand attributes and brand promises together yeah. uh and kind of you know supercharges supercharges like great way to put it so really fortunate to you know been involved with you know, a lot of the really iconic brands from the region and increasingly, you know, outside of the region, you know, companies all over the country. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our, our our kind of criteria are, you know, we're not technologists, so it's consumer focused stuff. Gotcha, yeah. And we, we really um, want to see, you know, brands that are authentic, mm-hmm. where there's a founder or the founder has imprinted a really important, you know, in the DNA of the brand. Um, you know disruptive so not really interested in just another bag of green tea it's got to somehow change the, the day you know mm-hmm. change the game and and w- when we say disruptive we really mean either creating a new category like chai was mm-hmm. or looking at categories that are tired mm-hmm. and stale mm-hmm. that are in need of you know innovation
0: yeah.
1: um and uh, so the, you know we want to see some level of authenticity some level of disruption and or, you know, being iconic in what does he do. I mean, Airstream's iconic. Pendleton's not particularly disruptive, but it's deeply authentic, yes. and it's very iconic, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, we, we look for some combination of those qualities.
0: I want to stay there with the the entrepreneur as the hero. Yep, okay. I can give some examples. Give some examples, and okay. I'm almost just like, you know, yeah, I like why, in your mind, okay. is the entrepreneur, entrepreneur the hero right Love now? Not it. Because you said it's not politics, it's not, right. You know, right?
1: Okay, so you know why we feel that the entrepreneur really is the modern day hero is you know I'm going to give you some examples versus talking in, yeah. in you know hypotheticals. So let's look at Dave Dahl. Dave had spent 15 years in prison, three five year stints. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, finally, I love this partly because I eat Dave's killer bread all the time. It's so good, it's
1: amazing. It's so good. Yeah. So he gets out of prison after his third stint. And he finally got in the treatment mental health treatment and the like he needed. And he had a vision for creating a new type of bread. His family owned a very small bakery out in Milwaukee, Oregon. So he came back to his family who were frankly had come close to writing him off mm. just after all of the stuff he had done to them and to himself. And he said, give me the third shift. I want to start trying to make this bread. Mm. And he was selling it at the Portland State Farmers Market when I met him. And um, what he had done is he had disrupted pun intended a stale category the bread category was stale (laughs) brown bread and white bread in a sea of wrappers with really no differentiation and dave's new you know process and his brand was so deeply authentic you know it was about redemption it was about you know making things that are organic and covered in seeds and sustainable taste good Mm -hmm. and um, it it does over a billion dollars in revenue now 40% 40% of their staff are ex-cons.
0: Oh, that's so again, modern-day so heroes, yeah. right?
1: Second-chance opportunities for people who have been incarcerated to come out and get real jobs. They are 100% certified organic. They're vegan. They source their ingredients from local purveyors, mm-hmm. like Bob's Red Mill. Um, so he has made a huge impact on society and on the world, not to mention the millions and millions of homes with kids who yeah. are begging their parents to buy Dave's Killer Breads, which is a much healthier, better-for-you product. Yeah. So, you know, healing people one slice of bread at a time,
0: right? Um, That's a great illustration. I think of even, it's funny because it reaches, I mean, it reaches so far, Uh, They're white bread. It's like Dave's killer, not white, white bread. Right. Where you like have all the enrichment or it's not taken out. It's really high quality. That's right. You know, you know, Heather
1: with Oregon Chai, we needed to source a lot of clove and clove organic fair trade clove was hard to find. Mm -hmm. It's a little island in Indonesia where they had been cutting down their trees to basically make revenue for the small number of people who lived on the island. Mm -hmm. And Oregon Chai and Heather said, look, stop cutting your trees down plant organic clove, and we'll buy every clove you can grow from you. And the island, instead of being deforested, That's now so smells like amazing cloves, Shh. and there's a new schoolhouse, and a more robust economy. And you know, it's that type of thing yeah. that entrepreneurs can do as heroes. Um, you know, Change the culture in your office. Um, be inclusive in your hiring. Uh, treat people fairly and with love and integrity. That vibrates out, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, we really believe that the entrepreneur, entrepreneur, can change the world. Yeah,
0: those are great pictures, and it's super clear when you put it that way. Um, and I don't know, it's so healthy just to not vilify the game that way, and just going like the, the benefits are so huge. So, yeah. a couple things: uh, Oregon Shy won, which is amazing, wildly successful. And then you say things like uh, Stumptown, you know, and this is kind of iconic brands in the Northwest and now beyond Dave's Killer Bread. Yeah, for sure. And I know there's a there's a laundry list of other ones. I want to connect it back to this. um, In your book, you have a quote that I think you uh, attribute to your grandfather. uh, Him saying genius is nothing more than knowing what the collective conscious wants before they know they want it. Yes, And I think. I'd love to hear you talk about, seems like you have that Spidey sense, you know, or at least with Oregon Chai, but then connecting to these other brands and sniffing that out and kind of the role of like, I, I even think as designers, right? Designers are constantly channeling that same energy in terms of, um, knowing what people want or the taste they're looking for before it's there? Absolutely. Great question. Yeah, I'm smiling for a few
1: reasons. One that, you know, that was my grandfather. And he was a big believer that intuition uh, is incredibly powerful and that sometimes we kind of pack it away. Mm. And instead, you know, we, we use only our intelligence. Um, you know, Einstein and I'll, I'll I'll bastardize it, but basically as a quote about how intuition is, you know, is the leader and our intellect should be the faithful servant, not Mm. the other way around. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am not a Dave doll or a Dwayne or a Heather, you know, I, I am not that person that gets that hit on the, you know, collective consciousness product or service. I'm in service to those people you know so my my dharma That's my great. path yeah, yeah thanks man is you know i want to serve those people but yes i mean we all every one of us has the opportunity to tap into the collective consciousness and this sounds a little woo woo but if we just quiet our minds mm. long enough here and there yeah. you can sort of you know tap into kind of where that vibe is and where it's going now some people figure that out you know what the collective consciousness wants 30 minutes before the collective consciousness knows that can be a problem because then you got to stick around like we had a hemp milk company that we invested in and we were really excited about but we were probably like three or four years too early uh, because you know hemp was still considered marijuana and we couldn't grow hemp in the United States. So we had to import hemp seeds from Romania and Manitoba.
0: That's got to be so frustrating. I just...
1: Really frustrating and really hard, right? And that, you know, and it's all part of this, right? Timing, yeah. Timing. It's, there's a lot, you have to align a lot of dots, right? So you want
0: to be 30 minutes ahead. You don't want to be... You don't want to be three hours or three days (laughs) or three years,
1: right? And so, um, yeah, it's about kind of aligning you know, with the zeitgeist of mm-hmm. consciousness at the right time, at the right moment. Um, and entrepreneurs, you know, the ones we work with, it's, it's sort of like part intelligence and part magic, yeah. you know? And um, when you bring that sort of left brain, you know, mm-hmm. p operations, legal, finance, margin, supply chain, and you marry it with the right brain, story, mm-hmm. authenticity, heart, soul, design, beauty, and culture. When you bring these things together, mm-hmm. that's where the magic happens. Yeah. If you're just right brain, you're an art gallery and you need a benefactor. If you're just left brain, you're selling widgets and mm-hmm. you're competing on price. Yeah. But when you can become the art gallery that's selling the product and marry the two in a powerful way, that's when things get really fun. And that's what yeah. we look to do.
0: Gosh, you guys do it so well too. I think, so. I think the like you know, th- that gap, as you said, between commerce and then the heart's desires, which nice. it feels like that the heart's desires type of language is just left out of the conversation. So it feels, I mean, one of the things I was grateful for in the book is that you're you're bringing it back to be like, we've got, well, right brain, left brain, we've got to marry these yeah. two together. Yes. And it's almost give permission to people like, I think it's it is. okay to pay attention to your heart. Like- I think
1: I think it is permission. I mean, we refer to it simply as the power of and, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. have tattoos and drive a really nice German car, right? <laughs> you can meditate, smoke weed, love art, um, enjoy nature, and build kick-ass businesses that make a lot of money. Yeah. This idea that you know of or we call it the tyranny of or is not going to get us societally to the future right Mm. um we have to integrate i mean yoga the word yoga just means union right we have to integrate you know people talk about work life balance as if they're two different people well i have work and then i have life you just have life you know so you might as well try to bring some of that special right brain stuff into what you're doing in the work world and 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 one, you're gonna have more fun, but two, you're, you're, you're gonna be more successful, Yeah, right? So, I mean, the Dalai Lama who I have, you know. Why
0: is that so hard to, why is that? I know I'm getting off I like. can tell you. Tell it's me wh-
1: beaten out of us at an early age. So if you ask a second grade class yeah. in school how, of 20, how many of you want to be artists? Like 15 hands will go up in the air. <laughs> if you ask that same class in sixth grade, yeah. how many of you want to be artists? You'll get two because we're told this lie We're told that, hey, if you want to be an artist or a poet or a healer or, you know, involved somehow in that more beauty side, Mm -hmm. then prepare to have a great life, but be broke. Yeah. You you know, you'll sleep on a futon, have eight roommates. You won't have a passport. You'll have a medical marijuana card, you know, and you'll eat at food carts and, you know, you'll be happy, but you'll be broke. (laughs) Or we're told... You can go be an executive or a ceo mm. or you know a lawyer or a doctor you'll have tons of money and nice cars and a house in black butte and you'll go to kona like <laughs> you just did <laughs> hey hey, hey. <laughs> and uh but you won't have purpose and meaning you won't have good relationships you won't be in touch with culture or nature and and i just think it's bullshit right mm. i mean so the dalai lama again I've, you know huge respect for he he said um the world doesn't need more executives or ceos or titans of business the world needs more poets and healers and artists and with all respect i disagree mm-hmm. the world needs more ceos executives and titans of business who are also yeah. poets and healers and artists
0: this and right this it's like, and yeah. we can
1: be all of those things right and mm-hmm. and i think portland at its best, mm. which unfortunately is not this moment, mm. is an and place. Is a place where we do have more permission than many places to flex both muscles. Yeah. And um, one of the things I've loved about being here. Um, but yeah, it is about the power of and.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: You know, here's our our power of and. Love and we it. we wanted the office to be really a. Um, of obviously a highly functional office where you can get stuff done but also, you know, again embracing that and like a very cool chill almost zen like
0: yeah yeah feel it captures it um, for sure cuz i think this is such a fantastic theme and there is a lot of counterintuitiveness to you know what you're talking about and one of those things that came through in the book as well is this the idea of surrender and I think surrender is one of these things that is one it's just not a word you hear very often in the business world or even the design world like hey a big part of this is going to be surrender and everyone's like well I'm not who's down for surrender right you know and yet you this counterintuitive nature to like embrace it and again this is this marrying you know a lot of what you do the marrying of Spirituality, business, life—just trying to say, hey, we can integrate this thing. It doesn't have to be like this, this either-or type of scenario. So, anyways, all that to say, I'd love for you to talk about, like, what does it look like? What's the importance of surrender? Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, so you know, we're we're taught that surrender means you know waving the white flag, failing, I lost, Um, someone got the better of me. It it, it could not be more different than that. Mm -hmm. Surrendering is letting go of your need to control an outcome. And when we feel like we control the outcome, we effectively block out whatever word you wanna use, Mm -hmm. the universe, God, energy, source, you know, it doesn't matter to me. We block that out because our ego says, I got this, I don't need any outside creative uh, sort of assistance. And so the Buddhists believe that when you surrender, when you let go of the need to control the outcome, yeah. that's really where possibility and creativity are at their absolute highest. So good. you know. So the abyss in the hero's journey, when the witch appears and you're sort of like, oh shit, I quit my job at Nike to go start this company. I was all stoked about it, but now I gotta figure out how to pay my mortgage, yeah. put my kid through school. I have no idea how to get this product to market. I, 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 I may have, I may have really made a mistake and you're sort of dropped to your knees. You're like, really, you're, you're just in the abyss. It's at that moment that opportunity is the highest because you can invite in a co-creation. You can co-create at that point. It's when we hold on to the need to control every, you know, every piece of an outcome that we don't, we lose creative energy. We lose our ability. That's that
0: razor's edge Uh, edge when you're dealing with, with designers, entrepreneurs, creatives of outcomes are important. And you're going like, we're driving for outcomes. And then this introduction of, hey, it might be that the way to get to your outcome is through surrender. It just is a different incredibly well said. That's
1: exactly (laughs) it. It's the razor's edge. Right. And you have to be able to embrace the ability. Well, the faith that you're going to get to a better outcome if along the process you surrender to the possibility that you don't know or control every element you invite in other sources to sort of co-create with you yeah and um, you know our experience is that's where you find the best results. I mean, you know, in, in the book, heed your call that we outline 11 tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, didn't feel like the world needed another business book. There are whole aisles of business <laughs> books at Powell's and I didn't really feel like the world needed another book on sort of spirituality, yeah, yeah. but I hadn't seen one that connected the two.
0: One, I, uh, one pathway I kind of want to just chase down. It can be a rabbit trail. Uh, I think, you know, what's coming around right now is so you, maybe it's not unique. But I think, you know, being reflective enough early on in the conversation, you said, Hey, I'm not the one that has the read on the collective unconscious, but I am there to serve those people. And I think in a, in a, in a culture where it's like everybody wants to, you know, what pick your, whatever you want to have, if it's a basketball analogy or a football analogy or a food card analogy, you know, everybody wants to be Koi fusion or whatever it is. Right. Everyone wants to be that. And just, I don't know what it takes to kind of recognize like, Hey, this is actually my spot and I'm actually happier here. I I don't know. Yeah, no,
1: I know what you mean. Um, it's, it's, it's a big question. Like what is my purpose? Yeah. Right. What, what, a, what am I, what is my unique soul here to do? Right? And the whole concept behind mythology and why we have mythology is it helps us to wrestle with those questions. You know, mm-hmm. why am I here? You know, um, yeah. these are big questions, right? And so <laughs> we can look to archetypes and we can look to mythological stories mm-hmm. to help us think them through. You know, I, I think it's, it's probably the most important question any one of us can ask. Mm. Um, you know, what is this one special life meant to be and how can I try to be authentically in alignment with that yeah um, I don't have any you know specific secret tool that sort of yeah. will help you unlock that other than to say we all have it your consciousness wants to tell you what it is mm. often when the universe is calling to tell you it's getting a busy signal, <laughs> Because you're too busy doing something else that yeah. someone else told you you were supposed to do. So the best advice I can give is try to just take a little bit of time every day. For some people, it might be walking in nature. For some people, it might be a seated meditation where you just allow that all-knowing, neutral, witnessing observer in you mm-hmm. um, to, to give you some direction. You know, yeah. and scan your body like does your body can't lie to you? your brain can lie. Your brain is a complex, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a complex thing that can tell you a lot of stories, but your body doesn't have that capacity. So mm. if you walk into work every day and your body feels filled with acid and your chest feels compressed and your throat is constricted and your shoulders are hunched up and as you're pushing the elevator button or turning the key in the door, you feel like you want to puke. I don't really care what your brain's telling you. You're probably not on your path. There's something to pay attention to. Everyone has those days, but if that's like consistently what's going on, you know, you're probably in the wrong place. You know, and so if you give permission to allow a little quiet and to do some body scans and to feel like what brings you joy, what Mm -hmm. makes you come alive, you know, what what makes you feel. Like when all of a sudden you look at your watch and you're like, oh my God, it's three o'clock. I thought it was like 10 a.m. Like, how did that happen? Like time ceases to be linear. You know, people refer to it as flow state. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're in flow, you know, find those things where that happens more frequently and do those things. Love
0: it. Such good advice. It's super helpful. Um, This is a road trip. We are cruising around. We're gonna head down the west coast here pretty soon. Um, do you have a favorite road trip that you've wow. been on? Yeah.
1: Wow. That's a great, great question. Yeah. So the one that immediately comes to mind, um, cause it was just profound for me on my journey, graduated from college, mm. had spent most of my life in the Midwest and, uh, with a couple buddies kind of out of, out of the blue, we, we decided to, um, fly into Boulder, Colorado, fly into Denver and get to Boulder and then, um, jump on our bikes and ride our bikes to tell your ride. And we were wearing, you know, flip flops and baseball hats and mountain bikes with knobby tires. We were we had no clue. Like we didn't have panniers and fancy road bikes and shoe. And we were in Patagonia shorts and tees. And um, that journey that 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 summer um, Mm -hmm. of being in the Colorado Rockies and Mm -hmm. in those mountain towns um, with crystal blue cold nights and warm, warm mountain days, swimming in rivers, catching fish camping, the people were meeting along the I'm way. I'm like literally ready to go right yeah, now. It, like it, it opened just... my eyes and my heart, mm. you know, and it was a it was a really important uh, journey for me. So hmm. that's a big one. Um, in terms of road trips you know the last one i'll give you is last summer when there was all sorts of fires going on yeah. and, and the and covid and you know the air was all you know Gosh, bad. What it, last yeah. year. i jumped into a car with a great buddy of mine and and we drove from portland out to uh, montana mm. and just um river hopped um, i love fly fishing and we just uh we had a week where we just sort of camped along riverbanks and fished and um and uh, we're under you know big sky montana yeah. uh and You know, just getting for me, getting road trips that involve getting back into nature, yeah. Are are what it's about. Doesn't matter if it's a beach or a river or a mountain. But getting off the beaten path, getting, you know, getting back into nature, sleeping on the ground, sleeping yeah. under the sky, mm-hmm. that stuff lights me
0: up. It feels like everyone this summer, just like, we just need to call a collective timeout and go camp. Like the whole right. of it, like the whole city. Oh, that just, would be like, wonderful. Just like, you know what? Yeah. Let's get back out there. Like, it's just, we've been it's in healing. our houses, yeah. yep. you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: We get, we get really, um, separated from, from our earth, earth. you know? And, uh. Even, you know, silly, but even like just going outside barefoot sometimes and yeah. just putting your feet in the grass, you know, putting your hand on a big tree and just tapping back into that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, the follow-up is, and this is, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but who would you want to go talk to? Like, hey, I'm going to carve out an hour, you know, designer, creative, wow like, hey, maybe we'll go chase him down. Who's yeah, somebody so, you'd love to
1: just yeah so on the business side mm. you know the first name that comes up for me is richard branson okay yeah you know i think That's he's a big one. yeah, yeah he's it. been a really you know interesting entrepreneur on a journey you know um, very passionate man very into exploration yeah. you know, not just in terms of his business ventures but you know going up in hot air balloons and you know it, you know kind of an adventure yeah. yeah. Um, and I love that juxtaposition between kind of um, success in the business world and also, you know, deep experience in the in the na- natural world. Yeah, I love that. Um, he's got a little island called Necker Island. Yeah. I'd love to go, you know, hang out on that island with him and just learn more about him. Um, so, so that would probably be, you know, the person that first comes to mind on the business side. I'm sure there are others, you know, more on the um, – kind of spiritual, mm. religious, you know, I mean, it would be nice to sit down with the Buddha or Jesus, <laughs> you know, and, and, and tap, tap into that, but, um, uh. that, uh, that, that's probably not going to happen. That would be,
0: <laughs> I was not expecting yeah, that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Buddha next, next episode's Buddha. And then but we're yeah. going to Jesus. We'll do Jesus. yeah, And then we'll keep going. Right on. That's so good. All right. Last one, just for posterity's sake. I, I wanted to be positive. Um, I've already mentioned iconic brands in the Northwest you've worked with for many people. It's like they're heart brands, you know, like yeah, I are. drink sometime coffee every morning. Right. I've tried other things like there's things that are just special about, right. you know, and they're the brands that you've helped build and support and serve um, in the city that you've loved, that you moved up here. And it is this, you know, you know I don't want to overblow it, but it's a difficult time. Yeah. But. Someone that's, you know, connected to the city at a heart level, like, what are some of your hopes for the future? Yeah. What would you like to see? Or I, you know what I Yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. No, I know
1: where you're going. Yeah, you know, um, when I moved here 31 years ago, you know, Portland um, lit me up and, uh, and it has served me and my family really mm. well. And it's sad to see kind of where things are right now. I, I, I sort of feel like Portland's in the abyss. Mm. And so if you look at it that way, then you can be optimistic yeah. because you can sort of say, well, um, you know, this is uh, abyss and when you're in the abyss, uh, possibility is high and yeah. creativity is high. I think we need to see leadership step up and um, use this abyss moment to co create yeah. uh, results, right? Um, and to use the power of and. So it's not just government or just business, but it's private public solutions. It's not just yeah. about um, you know, the left, you know, or the right, yeah. but it's about human beings. Love and it. it's about love and it's about connection. And, you know, I think there's really a, a leadership moment for Portland to step out and redefine its brand. Like you talk about heart brands, Portland's a brand, right? Yeah. But to me, this, you know, um, keep Portland weird is, is not a brand promise that works anymore. Mm. You know, we need to we need to really think about what what is Portland's brand? What is our brand promise? Mm. What do we want to stand for? What, what do we want to sort of um, vibrate, you know, within our community? And, um, I feel like as much as it's a time of great suffering in Portland, it's a time where with the right leadership, that new brand promise can be formulated and it could become a beacon Mm. for other cities, um, who can look at us as, wow, they took this moment in time and elevated. Yeah. I don't know what that is at this moment, but I know it's there. Yeah. And, um, and I'm hopeful.
0: That's well said. Yeah. It's really well said. And I think that it's a, I mean, to frame it in the hero's journey is really helpful of going like, right, it's coming back to these principles, you know, like out of the abyss comes this opportunity and creativity. Yeah. So
1: no, no, no mud, no lotus. You can't, you know, have the lotus flower without being in mud, that just right? so, darkness. Yeah. So um, that's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for, yeah, man, and you. this has
0: been huge. I mean, really appreciate you being on my, on the roadcast. I'm
1: grateful to be here. With it, you
0: I mean, even just to catch a slice of conversation midday, sun, sunny in Portland. Rad.